This is the Pro-AV Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on market scale. Nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros. They want more features, but they want to see less hardware. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pro-AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. The AV industry is really feeling the effects of a content-driven consumer base. More emphasis on content really means quality displays for that content to live on. So the connection is there. But even beyond that, the visual is only half of the game. To really capture the experience-driven demands of the consumer, quality sound is having to do a lot of the heavy lifting for full immersion. So here to dig into the power that speaker technology can have on end-user engagement is Dave Howden, Director of Technical Services for Community Loudspeakers. Dave, great to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, glad to be here. You know, you really have a lot of experience in this space, which is why I'm excited to get your take on this whole topic. I mean, just to give the audience some perspective here, you've mixed for over 1,500 indoor and outdoor professional sports venues, mostly in Philadelphia. So I guess you could say you know firsthand how crucial sound is for a big community event. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, combining, you know, combining sound with visuals, you know, whether you're inside of a venue or approaching a venue is just, you know, very commonplace with the popularity of uh, large format displays these days. Yeah, definitely. So, Dave, let's just jump right in. I'd like to ask, have you felt this content-driven, experience-driven strategy from, from companies and from live events really impact the AV industry directly? Has there been a, a direct link between really experience-driven events and experiences actually impacting the technology and the solutions of the AV industry? You know, it, it absolutely has. I mean, obviously on the the video display side, you know, in recent years, we've seen the uh, the quality and the size of the displays, uh, you know, especially those for outdoor use, uh, really, you know, increase, really, you know, stepped up to provide uh, just you know an excellent experience in you know almost any any sort of environment. Uh, you know we used to have relatively uh, low resolution displays outdoors and you know relatively low quality content, but today uh, the uh, you know the quality of the content being displayed you know, on, on these, you know, various surfaces is, you know, increasingly, you know, compelling and they, you know, really want to, you know, engage you with this, you know, with this content, whether it's inside of a, a, a sporting venue or a similar type facility, or maybe it's just, you know, displayage, you know, at a, uh, you know, outside, you know, a town center or a large retail establishment or anywhere where you're trying to get a, a visual message across. And it's, you know, also driven the audio industry to, you know, provide and create, you know, solutions to uh, reinforce those visuals with high quality sound. People are, uh, you know, becoming increasingly used to, you know, hearing, you know, relatively high quality audio. You know, most most people are, you know, listening to sound, you know, whether it's in, you know, headphones or some type of pods 
or even their you know small systems at home you know the quality and reproduction of these systems that people you know, are immersed in every day is actually you know quite good and it's very consistent in those relatively controlled environments yeah and this is really being driven by the consumer you know i think um in every aspect of our lives we're able to consume content as quickly as we want it and you know we also have that convenience of being able to purchase or order whatever we'd like online so you know when you get up off the couch when you leave the house and you go to a store or you go to an event or something you know there's an added expectation of this is going to blow me away because it's in person you know there has to be some extra added value here so what what do you think consumers are really looking for from the venues or the stores that they visit? Is there a certain level of expectation around the content and the immersion that they're supposed to get? You know, I, th- I think for the consumer to be, you know, truly engaged with the content and there's, you know, there's certainly different, you know, different, different types of content, you know, on these displays, uh, you know. You know, depending on if you're in a, you know, a stationary position, perhaps, you know, you know, taking an event at a local venue or just walking by a display, you know, you're more of a, you know, in a transitory, you know, state, just walking by something, you, you know, you have a, a limited window, you know, for, you know, completely, you know, engaging a, you know, a potential consumer. You know, some of the content, it's just, it's just intended to be, you know, static imagery. And, you know, the audio is not, doesn't necessarily have to be synchronized, uh, you know, with, you know, with, with uh, this imagery. It could just be branding imagery on a video display, or it could be, you know, lifestyle uh, type uh, content on a display, you know, for a shopping complex or something of that sort. So depending on, you know, really what, you know, what is, you know, what's being displayed, what the messaging is and whether or not somebody paid to have, you know, that content on the display, you know, that's really, that's really, you know, driving, you know, the uh, quality or expectations for audio uh, to match up uh, with, you know, with this content, you know, when you're in a, uh, you know, when you're in a, a sporting venue, you know, it's fairly easy and reasonable to, you know, to expect that the display technology and the audio technology to support it will provide a very, uh, you know, easy to consume environment. You know, everything, you know, that they see on the display is reproduced by the sound system. Uh, and hopefully the speakers aren't too far, you know, from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they have a very, you know, very state, you know, very stable experience, you know, very similar to what they're used to, you know, in their usual listening environments, you know, whether it be at home or in the car. When you, uh, you know, in the more transitory environments, you know, it's not as big a deal. Maybe you, you, you see that image, you know, the advertising, you know, did its job, but we're not really trying to sync up, you know, say, you know, somebody, you know, speaking on a screen or some sort of a performance or something on the screen, you know, the, you know, the eye isn't looking, you know, for uh, those visual cues that tell you that, you know, audio is synchronized with the video, like we're so used to, you know, having it at home or in our uh, our near field environments, as we would uh, call them most of the time. So how is this translating to outdoor specifically? Why is it exciting for outdoor? You know, because I think you're dealing with uh, an indoor space, there's a little more control over your environment, clearly. Um, when you're outside, there are more 
more variables to consider. So, you know, what what are some of the unique challenges that present themselves with displaying and immersing with content outdoors? So if we go under the assumption that the, uh, you know, the display is capable, you know, it's bright enough for the outdoor environment, you know, right. that it's that it's in. I mean, honestly, our eyes are really good at, you know, filling in the pieces when it comes to to video content. Um, you know, we're we're uh, you know, where we can tolerate quite a uh, high level of, you know, non-perfectness in video. And video is relatively easy to reproduce. It's, you know, it's unaffected, you know, by most things that affect audio. You know, the main thing you're battling is the lighting, you know, is the display uh, bright enough? Whereas with audio, uh, sound, you know, sound is uh, affected by so many other factors that don't affect light. You know, we've got ambient background noise, possibly have wind, thermal gradients, temperature, and sound also gets quieter as you move further away from the source. Uh, you know, light from a display doesn't have that issue. Also, light is fast. Audio is slow. Uh, really slow. I mean, audio in general travels about one foot per second, whereas light, well, travels at the speed of light. Um, so, you know, there's certainly a, you know, an, an expectation, um, at least if you want to have good engagement with your audience, that there's good synchronization between the audio um, and the video. But that outdoor environment, depending on how far you are from the display, can be a really variable environment. People will generally, uh, you know, tolerate, you know, about uh, 50 milliseconds of discontinuity, you know, when there's a visual reference on a screen, say somebody speaking, they can see, see their, you know, their lips, you know, their lips uh, moving. In an ideal world, in the audio world, you know, we'd like people to, you know, what they see, they hear it within 35 milliseconds, which kind of tells us that you have to be within uh, about you know 35 feet of the speaker that's reproducing the sound uh, for the uh, the video content. Outdoors, you know, uh, you know, creates you know creates you know issues of survivability just for you know whatever type of speaker technology that you're right. going to use in that environment. You know, whether you're in a very hot, dry environment such as you know possibly you know, in, in the Middle East. Or you could be, you know, you could be, you know, at a themed entertainment environment, you know, in in Florida or, or somewhere like that. The challenges of uh, having speaker technology that is, you know, appropriate for the display and the projection distance and something that will survive in those environments is great. But there's wonderful technologies of technologies that have you know overcome a lot of these inherent problems of the past yeah and i think when you're dealing with outdoor you know there's that isn't really an afterthought at least i don't think for the av industry is you know when they're when you're doing some kind of large-scale integration whether it's with the display or the speaker and you're doing it for an outdoor solution um you know i people aren't aren't blindsided by the fact that it has to be uh, capable to withstand extreme weather or just even the the daily occurrences of you know a bird <laughs> a bird landing on it or some high winds or whatever you yes. know just general outdoor high winds and and um, and just the environment yeah the environment you know especially when it comes to humidity and moisture you know depending on the size 
of the uh, display and, and how it's mounted, you know, whether it's a freestanding structure that is perhaps displaying content across a parking lot of a sports venue. You know, you can possibly mount speakers high up and project a long distance and have relatively even sound since your speakers are, you know, elevated, you know, above the listening plane. Yeah, it might not be too hard to uh, project project sound, you know, 100 feet or something uh, of that sort. Well, of course, you know, respecting that we you know, want to make sure that we're not uh, projecting sound towards you know, flat surfaces that might cause echoes or distort the audio outside. And as I mentioned before, you know, we need to pay attention to the background noise level. You know, what sort of traffic noise or sort of no environmental noise do we need to get over with the speaker? which is you know, one of the factors that will help us you know, drive to the appropriate technology you know, to reinforce sound from that video display. Budget is always an issue you know, when it comes to you know, re, you know, any system, but uh, reinforcing audio uh, from, you know, from a display, you know, sort of the, the simplest way to do it is to integrate speakers within the same enclosure and or on the same structure that the display um, is built into or or mounted to you know what we would call a a point source system and generally you know generally speaking you know we can achieve even audio you know if a speaker is mounted 25 feet above people's ear level you know somewhere between 75 and 100 feet if we use a large enough speaker uh, mounted with you know within that display if we want to you know ensure that we have good synchronization with the video then it is often preferable to uh, to distribute speakers you know maybe on poles if possible or some other structure uh, so that we can you know achieve that synchronization you know audio you know to the video within that you know 35 to 50 millisecond uh, time window uh, which makes it a lot easier to watch things especially if, there, if there's a visual reference of what's going on the screen that you know we're expecting our ears to match up with decreasing that uh, the distance from the speakers uh, to the listener's ears is really key for a seamless experience. Yeah, you know, I think for the end user, the audio component of what they're experiencing is often pretty subliminal. You know, I think I think people often find visuals more memorable and can point to visuals as, oh yeah, this is what set the experience for me. But I think people in the AV industry can really speak to how powerful the audio is for really immersing the end user um you know i, I guess if you had to sum up or, or give a give a um kind of a, a higher level look at at this phenomenon you know what does the audio actually do for the experience why is it so crucial that when you are in an outdoor venue or some kind of event that the audio is immersing you just as viscerally as the visuals might be well the uh, you know the en the engagement aspect of you know of audio First of all, you know, as, as I mentioned, our, our eyes are pretty tolerant to discontinuities in video or if something doesn't look quite right, but our right. ears are much more sensitive to discontinuity um, in the audio, uh, whether it's, you know, whether it's just the overall quality of the signal or whether there's the, uh, there's a disconnect due to synchronization to what, what we're seeing on the screen, especially if we're viewing at great distances. And the level of engagement, you know, somebody, especially if you're looking at content on a screen that perhaps somebody paid to put up there, 
you know, you want to, you really want to do everything you can to engage those people, whether they're stationary or transitory. You know, they have a, you know, a, a short window of saying, a short window uh, to, you know, grab somebody's attention and keep them watching. You know, whether it's an advertisement or a replay, or you know, whatever whatever the content may be on the screen at the moment. You know, the expectation these days is really for that near field experience uh, that people are so used to when they're, you know, consuming media, you know, on their own, you know, whether it's at home, in their car or, you know, from their mobile device. And I also think when people think of large outdoor events and venues that have some kind of audio component, they envision the giant speakers, right? It's like mm -hmm. several arrays of of high performance, really gigantic speakers pointing out to the audience. And, you know, it's a, okay, it's a bigger event, so bigger speakers probably. Um, is that true? You know, is it always a larger is better when dealing with outdoor content? Uh, yes or no? And, and kind of break down for me how size does correlate to impact for speakers. Yeah. Uh, when you have a large display, you know, the expectation is for large impact. Um, this can certainly be done. There's many examples of uh, large display surfaces with large systems integrated into the housings to project a long distance from the display. We don't worry so much about the synchronization of audio to the display for those that are further away. But let's say, you know, it, it can be it certainly can be a, a budgetary choice. Uh, large displays, yes, usually going for large impact. Uh, so the budget for the budget friendly solution is to put all the speakers, you know, within the same enclosure as the display and aim and commission them properly and you know, project your, you know, 100 feet, 200 feet, depending on, you know, what sort of environment the, the display is in. But uh, there's when we really want to uh, have you know, high quality reinforcement of it, we want to get more into you know, helping that sound be synchronized, you know, with the content. And that usually demands that, you know, we may still have, you know, that large scale system uh, with, you know, within the display to uh, steer our focus there. But for listeners, you know, further away, it's very beneficial to have maybe distributed speakers carrying that same audio content just at a, a lower level so that we can have a, a very uh, consistent listening environment for the intended area uh, that you know we think that display is going to be uh, viewed over. When we look at you know smaller displays and you know, what is small? Well, let's, you know, let's talk about displays that are maybe, uh, you know, 20, 25 feet wide or something like that, you know, a, you know, a little bit, you know, a little bit lower. Uh, you can, you know, often, you know, often get away with, you know, smaller speakers if we're not trying to connect to people, you know, as far away again, you know, mounted, you know, within the display structure works well. And uh, projecting, you know, projecting uh, over, you know, over the required distance. When we look at the smaller displays, those are found in many, uh, you know, town centers or shopping, you know, shopping uh, retail environments. Uh, the displays that, you know, they're not, you know, they're not 40, 50 feet up. You know, maybe, you know, maybe the top of the display is only, 
you know, 15 feet above the ground, and we're really not trying to, you know, engage people that are 200 feet away. You know, smaller speaker technology, maybe uh, column arrays, again, uh, built into the display structure to uh, just, you know, project, you know, for 50 feet away or something like that can often be used. Uh, budget permitting, you know, we also, you know, like to distribute smaller speakers over the, you know, the viewing area uh, for that display. Uh, smaller speakers uh, being run at lower levels, uh, again, to create that very uh, consistent listening environment, uh, regardless of where you are relative to the display surface. Right. It's more about the spacing and the the direction than it is necessarily the size. Yes, that's absolutely true. And you can uh, you can you know create very high level audio very very easily um, these days. Uh, but uh, choosing you know choosing the right uh, speaker system, whether it's you know a uh, you know a base reflex design for shorter projection distances or an all horn loaded design to project you know for further distances or you know a larger scale uh, line array type system to you know project out you know you know 100 200 feet uh, you know depends on the needs depends on the budget also I know in previous conversations I've had with people in the A side of the pro AV space, um, there have been talks of, you know, it is some kind of AI or machine learning, but really it's just smart speakers that are able to adapt how they project their sound based on the acoustics of the environment and, you know, sound that is bouncing back at them. Have you seen any of this technology at work during outdoor large-scale events, and how might this technology uh, really push loudspeakers forward? Well, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, some real-time correction that can that can uh, be applied to speaker systems, mm-hmm. um, whether they're, you know, reinforcing a display or not. You know, the norm is to really select you know, the appropriate speaker, which may employ something like digital beam steering um, or the, the ability to, uh, you know, through digital signal processing, um, in, in manipulate the, uh, the coverage uh, of the system in order to you know, provide the most ideal listening environment uh, we can. The real-time uh, changing of sound, you know, sound systems over those those larger, you know, 100, 200 foot distances is still, it's a little bit elusive, uh, because predicting, you know, which way the wind's blowing or uh, or uh, things of that sort and trying to compensate that gets really tough and honestly it gets quite expensive yeah. also, but we are able to, you know, especially in dynamic weather environments where we may have, uh, you know, our summer season is very dry. You know, there may be presets within the, the speaker processing that when the humidity goes below, you know, 35%, you know, we add a little bit more high frequency to it because low humidity is not friendly to high frequencies. Uh, and uh, at the same time, you know, that might be integrated into the same system that's just turning the volume of the system up or down depending on the time of day and local noise ordinances. And the last main piece of 
loudspeakers for outdoor events, I think, is the aesthetic of the speaker, which I don't think is the most important aspect of it, but I still think it is an aspect, at least from the eyes of the consumer, because the aesthetics of the display are a very important part of visual content. You know, it it can either be an artistic-looking display that looks unique because of the content that's projected on it, or it's just very sleek, you know, not, not a lot of... Um, ridges or uh or you know not not being able to see the distinct panels and that it's it's a clean beautiful display what about the aesthetics for the speakers does that actually matter for live events do you see consumers wanting the speakers to be integrated in unique ways or are they you know is there almost an aesthetic value to them just being placed there and and you're getting that sound yeah the, you know, what what really what really drives us you know from the beginning is you know the architects, you know, the architects always want their, uh, you know, their work of art, if you will, or their their statement piece to look, you know, as as clean as possible, and that certainly creates challenges uh, for, you know, those of you know those of us, you know, on the loudspeaker side. While it would, in a perfect world, speakers would be about the size of a pencil eraser and be able to project sound a couple hundred feet. Uh, physics doesn't really allow us to do that, so we we do uh, work very hard as manufacturers to create you know aesthetically pleasing looking speakers because you know physics just says they have to be a certain size. Now there's a number of form factors that they can take. We can have uh, you know ideally you know, we'll have speakers that are just hidden behind uh, some sort of a mesh and projecting through it by a display. Uh, perhaps a display isn't a very large one, as in some of my previous examples, and something other than just a square box on the front of it would look better. You know, maybe something in a a columnar format, obviously you know, color matched, you know, yeah. to the enclosure, as you know, often will get the architect's attention in a in a positive way. And you know, we have we have options, you know, for uh, you know, using those sorts of systems. All right, so let's end the conversation by looking more at audio within the industry and kind of how, how it's treated and how it's approached for these large-scale events. So do you think that quality audio is still an afterthought for delivering engaging content? Um, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily ever a complete afterthought, but sometimes it, it lacks the focus that can really help elevate it and elevate the event. So do you think that it's kind of suffering from being an afterthought when delivering that engaging content? And if, if so, how could businesses and organizations better use the audio of their content to immerse their end user? Um, and if not, if you think it is really really making its way through the industry and is the focus, then what do you think got it to that point? Answer however you see fit. I think, uh, you know, audio, the, it's, it's, really, it's really easy to produce high-quality audio uh, these days, you know, whether it's a, a small venue or a large venue. Uh, there's there's uh, so many different technologies available that will, you know, scale with, you know, the expectations of the experience. I don't think uh, audio, at least you know, at least you know, in the last decade, uh, a lot more attention is being paid to the the audio content, so it you know sounds as you know as good as it looks. 
which is really required for you know good you know compelling content and that and that experience. Uh, the the tools the tools available uh, to those that create the content to um, you know make you know be it music or voice tracks you know sound uh, very good you know very even and uh, you know very pleasing. Uh, they're they're all available in the studio and the uh, the production process you know for this content. Uh, the venues that uh, I work in, uh, it's you know a number one uh, priority that the audio has to look as good as the you know five million dollar displays uh, have to, uh, and that's uh, and that's not that's not going to change. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you're optimistic and positive about the future of audio for outdoor events and just large-scale events because I don't think the consumer is ever going to stop wanting great content now that we've got a taste for the convenience of it and the experience that it brings. You know, people want that immersion, and I think it's only going to get more focused. So I think the industry realizes that, and... I'm really excited to see how the industry continues to deliver high quality solutions, especially with audio, as you know, the consumer's expectation continues to evolve. So we'll have to keep our ear to the ground to really look out for what is around the corner. But till then, Dave, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It really was a pleasure getting to chat. And once we get some more exciting news, we'll be sure to bring you back on to give us an update on how audio is continuing to shape the content experience. Very good. I very much look forward to contributing uh, in the future. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And if you like what you heard and would like to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.